The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, we're excited to be back for a new episode on an important topic. Uh, I think we say that about every topic, but this one is also an important topic, the topic of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness. Now, some of you already turned off the episode because <laughs> you, you like to hold grudges, but we'll get to that in just a little while. Before we do that, though, Roger, um, I have a question for you. I was thinking about this. Do you have any favorite Christian songs? And if so, what might they be? Or you can give one or two if you have some. Specific songs, probably, but I always forget lyrics and names of songs. I, I remember bands more. Okay. What's a favorite band? I really like Sovereign Grace Music. Okay. I, I really like, I think it's City... A light. Uh, a light oh, okay. a lot been listening to them okay um yeah those are two two top ones but i always forget whatever hike singing on sunday is my favorite this is your favorite yeah <laughs> no, no there, yeah there, there's a, a, a lot i just forget titles of songs yeah yeah there, uh, that's good and i'm sure Hyg, if he ever listens to our podcast mm-hmm. would appreciate that a lot i'm sure he will so <laughs> i'll make sure to let him know um you know, I, I was thinking not necessarily about worship uh, music, but just kind of Christian songs. And mm-hmm. and one of them that, that uh, comes to mind uh, every time is uh, I discovered, I think, last year, Matthew West. I know I'm really late uh-huh. in that game because everybody knows him already. But uh, I really appreciate some of his songs. Uh, one that is on the, one of the newer albums is called Grace Upon Grace. really appreciate his understanding of God's grace. His sense of uh, just how dependent we are on God's grace. And then he has another one, same album, called The God Who Stays. Mm-hmm. I really like both of those uh, uh, songs. And yeah, they're in my uh, mind and on my, uh, what do you call it, playlist? Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yeah. Or, I don't know what that's called. <laughs> Regularly. <laughs> so yeah. And I guess it's a good segue to uh, think about this topic of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about God's grace and how that, you know, plays into our conversation on forgiveness. Roger, why is forgiveness an important topic? Well, if you're married, it's (laughs) a little hard to stay married if you don't forgive one another. Okay. But because we are sinners who sin against one another, we're going to need to forgive. It's essential to our lives and... If we forget that we have been forgiven by the Lord and we forget our salvation, um, then we won't understand how to practice it and why it's so important to practice. The Lord has called us to it. We're not off the hook. It's not an option for the believer. Yeah. I mean, this side of eternity, um, we're we're talking about lots of sin, Mm -hmm. which means lots of sin in relationships and broken relationships. And the only way for healing to occur is with this concept of forgiveness. And, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the only ones who can truly forgive 
are those uh, who are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be an interesting uh, conversation. Now you brought up marriages. Now you and I have done um, over the years quite a bit of uh, marital counseling mm-hmm. individually as well as together, which has been uh, kind of a fun process, at yes. least for me. I don't know <laughs> if that's fun for you, but it, it has been good to kind of be able to learn from yeah. what you've learned in all of your counseling courses. But um, you said it's really important for marriage. What do you see in marriages that makes you say, yeah, this is something that every marriage, whether you think you're in a good marriage or not, um, can gain from? So you go into marriage thinking that you've married the perfect person, you fall in love, and that you'll never have any issues, and then you wake up after the honeymoon and realize, wait a second, this person isn't perfect, and I need to learn how to forgive. If you if you don't know how to practice and you're not regularly forgiving your spouse, that unity that holds you together is not there. It's not being built. That's what that's what brings you back together. It's what holds the marriage together is two forgiving uh, people, two sinners who need forgiveness and continually offer one another forgiveness. Yeah, it's, you can think of kind of these relational sins as creating obstacles in our relationships, whether in marriage or mm-hmm. in, in friendships, in the church and wherever they are. And forgiveness is what kind of allows us to uh, remove those obstacles to be able to be mm-hmm. back in, in communion again, in, in relationship. Um, are there any particular kinds of sins, uh, that you see as kind of patterns in relationships that maybe we don't think to forgive or we don't consider them the kinds of sins that we forgive that maybe um, can come back to kind of bite us if we don't take them seriously and and consider and forgive them. I think it's probably the everyday uh, things that we go through in relationships. It's not the big thing that Mm. falls apart that we need to forgive. It's the daily offering forgiveness. Somebody forgot to do something or take care of something or had a sarcastic remark or you know, those little things that occur that we sweep under the rug, as a friend of mine would like to say, and we just don't deal with them. So it's the little things that build up, and then we build up to have an unforgiving heart, which builds up into bitterness, anger um, in our heart. So it's those everyday slights that we have against one another, um, where I think that we fail to see. It's not the not the big fight that you need to forgive, but just your day-to-day relationships that you have. Now, when you say we need to forgive those, Mm -hmm. do you think that those um, are the, are the kinds of things that we need to bring up and bring up and have a conversation about and then forgive? Are they the kinds of things that when you're telling the, the offended party to just forgive or kind of walk us through what what are we talking about with relationships and, and this idea of forgiveness? So I think there's two uh, pathways whenever we feel that we've been offended or we've been sinned against. You can either confront or you can cover. So you confront it, the Matthew 18, you go to your brother, you sin, and you bring it up. And and say, this is how you, you sinned against me, and you and you work through it. Or you cover it, what First Peter says, love covers a multitude of sins, where it may not be something that needs to be brought up, but you just cover it. Mm. 
um, and you don't worry about it. It's, you don't allow that to become something that is a barrier between you. Because whenever we think of sin, Scripture gives this imagery of a debt being owed, right. that we owe a debt to somebody else when we sin, and when you're forgiving somebody of that debt, you're taking on a cost. You're releasing them from any any punishment, any paying back for it, and you're you're freeing the debt yeah. uh, with that other person. So let, let's think through this a little bit together. And what are some, some passages that come to mind when you're thinking about forgiveness and for, for our listeners, what, yeah. what are some of the key places in God's word that we should go to? So there's a few of them. Um, I think two key passages most people go to first is Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, and then Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. So let's look at both of those first. I'll read Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, uh, which says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians three twelve to thirteen has the same idea. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now, I do want to say, when we look at those passages, we want to be careful not to use those um, uh, on people in a simplistic manner. Hmm. <clears throat> and this is what I mean. The Scripture calls us to forgive. God calls us to forgive because we are forgiven. Forgiven people forgive others. Mm-hmm. But it's not so simple to say, you must forgive right now. When we put it over people and we simply say, you have to forgive, and we don't think about the situation and unpack it, we're being too simple and often misusing the scriptures because there's more to forgiveness than just offer it. Yeah, There's a lot more to think about. So I think these scriptures call us to our identity in Christ and why we need to forgive and the motive to forgive. But we also need to think through what does it mean when we extend forgiveness? What is forgiveness not? So that we, we can deal with more complex situations. Um, and I like to think of forgiveness is a process. Yeah. It's not just this one time thing. It's a process to truly forgive and to practice and live out what you are saying in the moment. Yeah. So looking at what Paul says here in, uh, let's take <clears throat> Colossians, mm-hmm. you know, Ephesians is the same way. And the Lord, even in the Lord's prayer is the same way. It's forgiveness we offer because we've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. How important is understanding our own forgiveness for this process? So the thought is there is no sin that's as great as our sin against the Lord. But that does not mean that there isn't really evil sin that people commit. And we should not make light of that. Yeah especially when people are abused, mm-hmm. when people have gone through horrific um, things at the, at the hands of others. It's not to make light of that at all, 
but the scripture is pointing out to reminding us our sin debt to the Lord is greater than any sin that we have on a human level. That's why if we've been forgiven so much, we have to have the attitude to forgive others. Not that the process is easy. That's really helpful, uh, Roger. That's a really important point that, hey, look, yes, the Christian is to forgive. And there is no sin too great for the Christian to forgive if the Christian remembers and and understands the severity and the gravity of our own sins against God. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that sin can't be taken seriously. And even in the process of forgiveness, um, it's, it's not just kind of that, that mentality of just, you know, stop it, stop being unforgiving and forgive. You, You don't, it's not, our hearts are not built that way. Yeah. You know, I I think about it's it's not a matter of forgiveness, but I think about Paul in Second Corinthians where he's kind of burying his heart to the people. He goes, Permit me to be mad for a little while. And you're like, (laughs) you know, it's like, wow, well Paul really needed to express his heart to people he loved and cared about. And sometimes in the process of our relationships and the process of this forgiveness that we're working toward, um we, we want to make sure that we're being honest. And I think that sometimes we say we forgive you too quickly. Yes, I agree. And maybe uh, what that ends up doing is um, causing us to grow in resentment and bitterness because we've said it. And so we don't think we could address it anymore. And then we realize we haven't addressed all the parts that were really on our hearts. And that debt, we kind of still want to, we want to uh, collect that debt. Yeah. So, so how do we avoid that? Just don't sin against anybody and then no need to forgive, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. Tell us, tell us, how does that, how does that work in, in life since yeah. you've perfected it? Since that? I've perfected it, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's just great. Joy all around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, I give you some helpful things of what forgiveness is not. And, and I, and I uh, take these from a new book I read on forgiveness. I actually picked it up last year and it just, pull it off my shelf to read. Uh, it's a newer book on forgiveness from Brad Hambrick, okay. uh, the biblical counselor. It's called Making Sense of Forgiveness, Moving from Hurt Toward Hope. Nice. Now, the per, one of the people who did the foreword of it was Rachel Day Hollander. Oh, You know, the person yeah. who went through everything with Larry Nasser. Yeah. And yeah. her endorsement wow. was pretty powerful on how she talked uh, through what he was saying in the book. And Excellent. it was helpful because this was not a simplistic right. treatment of forgiveness because he's dealing with the hardest cases. And I liked how he had said what forgiveness isn't. And sometimes it's good to hear what something isn't. Um, and he had these five points in there. He said, forgiveness is not pretending I'm not hurt. The reality that it hurts when you've been sinned against Um, and you don't want to pretend when you're offering that, that, that hasn't occurred. Um, Forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook. There may be consequences to their actions, especially if they're against the law. There may be consequences that occur um, that naturally come. It's not making an excuse for someone. Not excusing that it was sin. No, it was a real sin. It was a real debt that you owed to that other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he also said it's not forgetting, that we just forget it ever happened. It's not forgive and forget, Roger? Oh, yeah. That's not scriptural? You weren't supposed to use that in your sermons. Oh, i got to take those <laughs> back now. 
Um, and then he said, it's not necessarily trust or reconciliation. This was really good yeah. because we don't want to think just because we forgive that we've rebuilt trust. Trust right. rebuilt is a separate issue and process, nor is it reconciliation mm-hmm. because there may be wisdom. And what he says is, how do you wisely forgive somebody? And I never thought about using the word wisdom with forgiveness, mm-hmm. but he brought this up because think about it. When you're talking to somebody that's been abused, there should not be trust and reconciliation at all at that point right maybe it'll come in the future maybe right but we don't want to equate it that you now trust that person or you're now reconciled no you're relieving them of the debt saying i'm no longer holding this over you nor do i want you to pay right and be punished for it i'm not i like the term you use collecting the debt yeah. from that person that's right yeah, and that's that's really important to understand the kind of the transaction of forgiveness that's taking place. Yeah. And distinguish that, right, from reconciliation. Reconciliation yeah. uh, is this coming back together again in in you know in, in that relationship. Forgiveness is really the transaction of like you said, we're we're saying I'm gonna take the debt upon myself and not mm-hmm. require it of you. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to repay it. I'm not, I'm not demanding you to repay it. I'm not going to hold a grudge until you repay it. I'm not going to try and collect it from you. Um, I have forgiven you because I've been forgiven. And then the next step, if necessary, would be some sort of reconciliation. Yeah. Uh, but trust, like you said, trust is something that needs to be re-earned or earned mm-hmm. and i just think about it in terms of uh, in, in my mind it's always played out this way um, if if i knew that someone who was to care for my children abused them somehow mm-hmm. instead of caring for them lord willing i'd be able to forgive them but that does not mean that i would entrust my children to their care ever again and i would say you would be you would be a fool too right yeah. You know, that's not wisdom playing out. The wisdom says, no, they're an untrustworthy person. Doesn't mean I can't forgive you. That's right. But you're untrustworthy. You've shown it and you don't just regain that. It's, it, it, it's earned back, but it wouldn't even be wise in that situation to put somebody right back into that knowing, knowing what has occurred. And, and this is important because this plays into that comment I made earlier about that. You mean we don't forgive and forget Yeah. because isn't that the common phrase and saying that's used? I know a lot of people in our church, I'm sure have heard that and think that's the right way yeah. we forgive and forget. But I think this helps us to see that that's not the case that forgiveness is different now. I think the I think where this may come from is the fact that uh, you know God doesn't remember our sins in that regard, or He doesn't. You know, I think uh, where there's some passages that refer to that kind of language, but I think that's again anthropomorphic, and uh, I, I don't know if that's trying to get at what we're talking about here. But does He actually forget? Uh, he chooses. Can he? <laughs> can he? Yeah. Chooses not to bring it up. That's a different thing. Exactly. But it's if forgetting has this idea just out of sight, out of mind. Right. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it doesn't become helpful uh, in that sense because remembering is actually applying the wisdom then on how to move forward with what has occurred. Yeah. Think of a marriage and adultery occurs. Right. Just forgive. I trust you. Reconcile. And I'm going to forget that ever happened. No, that shapes and changes. And how you work through that is important, but mm-hmm. you 
you can't just ignore. Yeah. Now, could God give you the grace as you grow over time where that's not top of mind? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I've seen that. I've, I've seen forgiveness occur after adultery, even mm-hmm. in, in marriages I've counseled. And then I've seen the long process mm-hmm. of rebuilding trust. Yeah. And it is a long process. And it starts with, I forgive you, mm-hmm. but you're not leaving this house you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's a process of earning back that trust relationally. And, and I've seen that happen too. So it's possible in Christ for that to occur. Yeah. What Brad, if I remember brought out in the book is he said, the wisest thing to do is that one person says to another, because I love you, I do not trust you. And he actually challenges to say, no, it's wisdom in me telling you even this, that the trust is not there to begin with. That, 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 it's a, a, a good approach, I think, to, to say, no, I don't trust you with doing this action because of what has occurred. Now, some may think, oh, you're not truly forgiving. You're not having the right heart. And I think what we've done with forgiveness is we simplified it and we've taken wisdom out mm-hmm. of understanding the complexity of who we are as people yeah, and how we're changing and growing. And sometimes we falter and go back and sin. It's not just a straight path toward heaven. Um, so if I ever bring up um, something, I say I've forgiven someone of, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, you you were offensive to me the other day. I, I, Happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you offended me. I don't know how, but let's say you did. Um, and uh, and I say I oh, oh you 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 were very negative about the coffee I made for you before we were on air on there the air. wasn't enough cream. I'm it was sorry, a too strong for me. But but you I were, might forgive you on that. For that. <laughs> forget it. I'll never make coffee for you again. Uh, but but I let's say I forgive you for that. Is there ever an appropriate time for it to be brought up again? Or is there never a time for that to be brought up again? There are times when it can be brought up in the in a neg in an unhelpful way, mm-hmm. but I don't think you want to say you should never bring it up. For example, you don't want to bring something up as ammunition against them to throw it back in their face to put them down when you're having a fight. Do you remember what you did to? Remember mm-hmm. when you made me that bad coffee? Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> right? But we also don't want to be naive and say, you know, this, this is something that was big. If it was a major event, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there might be an appropriate time to bring it up to see if we've dealt with it, to question, okay, you know, are you walking and changing? You know, somebody committed adultery. Would it be wrong to bring that up in the future if there was something that could be used to continue to work and resolve it? So I think that can be helpful and we don't want to just... Because that can put a person thinking, oh, if I'm forgiven, they'll never think about it and I'm off the hook. Right, right. And, and so I think that's a good example that you bring up. Let's say, you know, the, the, the spouse has committed adultery and the, the offended party has forgiven. Um, would that still, would, would that person, uh, let's say the, the, the offending party, the, the one who did the offense says, Hey, you know, um, let's say let, it's typically the guy, but not always, but let's say it's the guy and you go, Hey, uh, I'm going to go hang out with those very same friends yeah. that he was with, let's say when he <clears throat> fell into some sort of sin, would, would it be wrong of the wife to say, Hey, 
just remember kind of what happened the last time or, you know, something like that. And I think the answer is no. And it's not yeah. that she hasn't forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's work, forgive doesn't mean forget. And there's wisdom and love that would remind him of that danger and that risk. And, and if there's humility, then it's received in a way that is not, how dare you bring up, I thought you forgave me. You don't really yeah. forgive me. That's not the humble heart that actually accepts responsibility for it. So, you know, we were talking earlier that forgiveness, when we're seeking it, it's not blame shifting, rationalizing, or justifying yeah. our sin. And, and that takes a humble heart to accept all of it, including whatever comes with it. That's part of the consequences of, okay, I'm willing to accept if there are any, mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept your, you know, what may be asked of me. Absolutely. And, and I, that's the only way I've seen it work, by the way, mm-hmm. for trust to be rebuilt mm-hmm. is when the offending party is humbly seeking forgiveness yeah. and willing to even jump through certain hoops. Mm-hmm. to show that they get it and, and they understand. But you, in the past, you and I have talked about forgiveness and, and I, it may be from some of your counseling background, but you've had some key kind of components to forgiveness and, and what, um, what, when you're saying, I forgive you kind of the things that you are saying. Yeah. Can you walk us through those? Yeah. So these are from Ken Sandy, Peacemakers okay. Ministry. He wrote the big volume on um, peacemaking. Uh, he's written a small book called Resolving Everyday Conflict. And this is where these four promises he comes up with. Okay. Um, and these are, are just promises that we're making uh, when we're forgiving another person. Okay. When we're telling the other person. I think these are helpful to think about. Uh, he says, I will not dwell on the incident. Mm. So that has the idea of you're not thinking about that offense again. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted tomorrow to remember it, but it means you're going to th- going to take that thought and say, no, that's not right. I'm not going to keep thinking and dwelling upon the hurt, the debt that's owed to me. Yeah. I'm not going to keep dwelling. He says, I will not bring it up and use it against you. So these are promises you're making to the other person. Right. You know, I'm not going to bring it up and use it against you. Throw it in your face again. You remember when you did that to me? Remember that bad coffee you made me last week? (laughs) Remind you of how you hurt me. Right. Uh, Third thing he says, I'll not talk to others about it. Not gossip. Do you know what that person did to me? You forgave them. You're not going to talk to others about it. Unless it's helpful in resolving something. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring in a a friend that's walking with both of you that's going to be uh, helpful, not, not somebody you're gossiping. Yeah. And lastly, I'll not allow it to hinder our relationship or stand between us. In, in a sense, we're going to try to break down the barrier. This isn't going to define our relationship that we need to get past, uh, get past this. Um, now these are like everyday types yeah. of conflict. These aren't Good. the more complex circumstances. Yeah. I was going to say, so that fourth one, particularly, um, maybe a little different depending on the severity yes. and kind of the complexity, as you said, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so kind of in these abuse cases, yeah. that fourth one would, it would be present in some form probably, but yes. not in the same form. Yeah. yeah. And I think, well, you know, going back a little bit, you brought up about the transaction of forgiveness yeah. and reconciliation, uh, two other categories, um, I think think of is you have this attitude of forgiveness and Mm. the transaction. So in the scriptures, uh, it talks about how you can have an attitude 
of forgiving a person. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember where it is in, in Mark or Matthew where, where it talks about forgiving your brother from your heart. Mm-hmm. That's where you have the attitude. Now, the reconciliation is when you actually reconcile with a person. You can always have the attitude. You may not have the reconciliation. And mm-hmm. I think that that distinction is important um, and is necessary in some of those more complex cases. Um, I think it's in the the passage where it says, go to your brother and be reconciled before giving an offering is the the reconciliation. And then the other is, well, have the attitude uh, uh, toward others um, that we can practice without that other person there. Yeah. Yeah, you brought up um, the forgiving from the heart. And that, uh, you know, I just quickly turned to Matthew 18, which is one of the really key passages in terms of understanding what Christ says about forgiveness, where he's looking at the, he gives the parable of the mm-hmm. wicked servant. Um, I, I'm looking at the time. We probably need to go into that one another time, but there's a lot there. And then the other part of scripture that I mean, we didn't address yet is even in the Lord's prayer, uh, you have, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yeah. Um, that that's an interesting uh, section there too, that I think has a lot of important implications. Um, I'm feeling like Roger, we're going to have to come back and talk more about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What do you think? We'll see if I forgive you by the next episode. I'm not making coffee <laughs> ever again. Well, did you make the coffee? <laughs> there you make go. Better Good coffee. Idea. <laughs> um, but as we're, as we're wrapping up just this episode here, Roger, what are, what are some takeaways for you that you think maybe we should, uh, emphasize here for, for those listening? I think remembering that uh, forgiveness is not simple. Yeah. It's a process. It's different for all of us in how we go through it and process it. And that we don't want to rush it, but we also don't want to delay it. Mm. And what is that time frame in between? Mm. Depends on the circumstance and what's going on in your heart. But I think we always want to look at our hearts if we're having an unforgiving spirit. What's going on inside of me? Yeah not looking at the other person uh, because it begins there. That's where the heart, the compassionate heart and the forgiving heart scripture calls us is from inside, yeah. not the other person. And that we can always have an attitude, even if we don't have the opportunity to reconcile and trust that person again. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't help but think of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive them, forgive them. They're, they're killing him. Yeah. They're crucifying him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if we could learn to process that, but again, not simplistically, like you said, um, and trust the Lord in this process, pray. Mm-hmm. We can't change our own hearts. Yeah. Nor um, others. Nor other people's hearts. Okay, Amen. Right? That's right. Um, yeah. Well, Roger, thanks. This is good, good, uh, conversation. And, uh, I hope you all enjoyed the conversation as well. I think it's a theme that we will get back to at some point, certainly a really important one. And again, as always, we like to remind you, if you have any questions or thoughts or an angle uh, uh, regarding this topic, let's say that you'd like us to address and think about, please feel free to email us, uh, let us know, and uh, we'll do our very best to address that. Uh, Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the hosts with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at 
rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.